I've never seen a picture of my mother. I've traveled to her homeland, my homeland, dozens of times. I met her brothers and sisters. I found my birth father and eight half-brothers and sisters I didn't know I had. I met my mother's relatives in Ethiopia. But when I asked them to describe my mother, they throw out generalities like, she was nice, they tell me. She was pretty. She was smart. Nice, pretty smart. The words seem meaningless, except the last is a clue, because even today, in rural Ethiopia, girls are not encouraged to go to school. That my mother was intelligent rings true, because I know she had to be shrewd to save the lives of myself and my sister, which is what she did, in the most mysterious and miraculous of ways. My mother's family never owned a photograph of her, which tells you everything you need to know about where I'm from and what the world was like for the people who gave me life. In 1972 in the United States, Polaroid introduced its most popular instant camera. In 1972, the year my mother died, an Ethiopian woman could go her whole life without having her picture taken. Especially if, as was the case with my mother, her life was not long. I've never seen a picture of my mother, but I know how she cooked. For me, my mother is Berbere, an Ethiopian spice mixture. You use it on everything from lamb to chicken to roasted peanuts. It's our salt and pepper. I know she cooked with it because it's in the DNA of every Ethiopian mother. Right now, if I could, I would lead you to the red tin in my kitchen. One of dozens I keep by my stove in my apartment in Harlem, filled with my own blend marked with blue electrical tape and my own illegible scrawl. I would reach into this tin and grab a handful of red orange powder and hold it up to your nose so you could smell the garlic, the ginger, the sun-dried chili. My mother didn't have a lot of money, so she fed us shiro. It's a chickpea flour you boil, kind of like polenta. You pour into hot water and add butter, onions and berberet. You simmer it for about 45 minutes until it's consistency of hummus, and then you eat it with injera, a sour, rich bread made from the grain called teff. I know this is what she fed us, because this is what poor people in Ethiopia eat. My mother carried the chickpea powder in her pocket or bag. That way, all she needed to make dinner was water and fire. Injera is also portable, so it's never wasted. If you don't finish it, you leave it outside, let it dry in the sun, then you eat it like chips. In Mekke, the small farming village where I'm from, there are no roads. We're actually from even a smaller village than Mekke, called Abragodana. That doesn't exist on most maps. You go to Mekke, you take a right in the middle of nowhere, walk about five miles, and that is where we're from. I know my mother was not taller than five feet, two inches, but I also know she was not delicate. Those countrywomen in Ethiopia are strong because I walk everywhere. I know her body because I know those women. When I go there now, I stare at the young mothers to the point of being impolite. I stare at those young women and their children and it's like watching a home movie that does not exist on my childhood. Each woman has a kid who might well be me on her back. The fingers of her right hand are interlocked with another slightly older kid, and that kid is like my sister.
The woman has her food and wears in her bag, which is slung across her chest and rests on her hip. The older kid is holding a bucket of water on her shoulders, a bucket that's almost as heavy as she is. That's how strong that child is.